incredible. Oh, my God. Incredible. I think I want to I wanna have that song play anytime I walk into any room ever from now on out. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> that is now my forever song. I'm going to remember that. Do you think, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of people who have like a, a song to play like anytime they walk into a room. Like, you know how like like Michael Buffer is attached to, um, you know, let's get ready to rumble. Like, like, yeah. is like somebody, does somebody have that relationship with a song? 50 cent into club. Yo, could you imagine walking could into a club? Walks in a, 50 cent walking in a club, blasting in the club. Someone's had to, hear. someone's had to say that to him before in the past. A hundred percent. He's definitely done it before. I guarantee it. You think you think after making a song about being in the club, do you think you would ever have to pay a cover again? No, never. No, they pay him to come. Exactly. Welcome back into Talk Off, everybody. It is Tuesday, yeah. December twentieth, and we had a pretty good slate of NFL games this weekend. I don't think anyone was complaining about I those mean, games. I don't think one person complained about an NFL game this weekend. Uh, the Browns game, a bad game. The Browns game was the, like the the game to like go like take a piss during like. Yeah, the Saturday slate. I mean, you start off with that Vikings Colts game. The Colts with the all time choke job. Matt Ryan. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it's not Matt Ryan's fault. It's it's definitely not his fault. But you can't you can't help but feel bad for the guy. I mean, he's part of the two worst comebacks or of all time like poor guy man. i turned that game off at 33 nothing i think like everybody else did i don't think anybody wanted to watch that game after like 33 nothing everything was going right for the colts everything going wrong for the vikings no that was and a bad game to come out in the second half and just score 36 unanswered points you gotta be kidding me yeah it was rough i think everyone everyone switched over to to watch tiger and uh and charlie play that was awesome watching that this weekend. Sorry, I know, we're, I know we're talking about NFL, but um, that was awesome. But like NFL, they should never conflict with NFL Sunday on that because yesterday I didn't watch a minute of it. I mean, I, yeah, that's what you watch when there's nothing on. Like or or like for the Ravens Browns game, that's when you go and you watch Charlie and Tiger play. Totally agree. Totally agree. And then last night was was great with the Giants. Great game, great Giants. That was just great old school, old school NFC football. Absolutely. I mean, the Commanders. I there's something about the Commanders that I just like, and I I think it's just because Taylor Heineke is their starting quarterback right now, because they're just fun. Like he's just fun. He he really just doesn't care out there. He knows that he's not really a starting quarterback. That's why these guys they just come off the bench like Mike White too. Like they have. S- everything to gain and absolutely nothing to lose because nobody's expecting anything from them. And that's kind of when you get some of the best play. So, so who do you think is the best quarterback in the league now after yesterday? Do you think it's, you know, I think it's Mike white. I think it's Jacoby Myers, Zach Wilson. Like who do you, okay. who do you think? Oh, yeah. Do you think, okay. do you think Jacoby Myers <laughs> in that combo now? All right. So, I'm pretty sure pre-show we talked about how we weren't going to get me angry, especially this early in the podcast. All right, we just started. I don't want to start off on this bad of a foot because we're going to get into the Red Sox later. I know that's going to happen. <laughs> that's a whole different. Um, that could be a whole different podcast. But yes, 
Jacoby Myers made a mistake. Ramondre Stevenson made a mistake before that. Matt Patricia made a mistake by not telling him to take a knee. Bill Belichick made a mistake by making Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. And Mac Jones made a mistake by being on the field. Uh, it was it was bad play. I, I there's there's nothing. It there's wasn't nothing just a bad play. It, it was there's, the worst play. It was one of the worst plays no, I've ever seen. There's nothing to say. The whole team worse? just had a brain fart and decided that they didn't want to win. They didn't want to go to the playoffs. And is that worse than know, butt is fumble? Is. is that worse than butt fumble? Okay, it's not worse than butt fumble. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. As much as you want to say that it is, it's not. To end the game, though, that. It's not worse than butt fumble. Shut up. It makes it pretty bad. To I mean, butt I, I, fumble I, was at the it was at the end, very end of the year. It was it was no. Come on, guys. Well, Mark Sanchez ran into a butt. Okay, and he fumbled. I mean, it's, it's fair enough, but this is, this is still pretty bad. I mean, if it makes you I mean, feel Jacob better, Myers, he came out. I mean, he came out. He he owned up to it, and I respect him for that. He said, you know, I was just trying to make a play. I thought I could make a play. And he, him, and Ramondre, Mac, they all owned up for it. I, I mean, I, I like them all taking responsibility for it. Obviously, that's not how the game. I want the game to end. That was the worst ending to a game I've ever seen in my life. My jaw was on the floor. I think for five minutes, but God, they shouldn't I, even have been in that position in the first place. Keelan Cole's toe was out of bounds. I don't know, understand how the, the video referee does not. I don't get that. How, how do you not see his toe out of bounds? Every single person watching that game saw the replay from the Fox cameras and was like, wow, his toe's out of bounds. They're going to call that back. And they, I don't, why, why was it not out of bounds? Look, I mean, there's a, there's a million plays that you can review in the NFL. And it's just at the end of the day, that game should have been in overtime. Um, I would, I would have been in overtime a hundred percent. They should have taken a knee and gone to overtime and we probably would have lost in overtime, but I would have taken that. Right. Yeah. And you know, I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in the uh, the Pats post game meeting after uh, that loss yesterday. Belichick must have fucking exploded in that meeting. I almost feel like Belichick is one of those guys that, like, when he explodes, it's normal. It's like when he doesn't say a word. That's how you. That's how you know he's. I would really be scared off. shitless. Like it, it, I, I, I feel like if Jacoby Myers and Bill Belichick walked past each other in the hallway and Bill didn't say a word to him, he would probably shit his pants. Probably. So now that no, game, so, so now you guys are seven and seven, and tied for, tied for last in the division, but with the Jets, but you know, still I mean, three. We ruled that tiebreaker. Still, but... still three games to play. Um. Three tough games for the Patriots: right. Bengals, Bills, Dolphins to end the year. But the wild card is definitely not out of the reach yet. No, I mean it's a possibility. It's it's a little. I mean, you'd I'm have just, to win I'm out. Not looking forward to it anymore. You have to win out because the 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 fact of the matter is, is if we get in, we're gonna end up playing a powerhouse, probably Kansas City team, and you know that nobody thinks we're going to the playoffs and winning a game. Like if we go to the playoffs, it's gonna be a nice first round exit, just like last year. We're going to get killed again, just like Buffalo embarrassed us last year. So whatever, dude. I'm so over it. <laughs> but we had a lot of other good games. Let's let's talk about those because the Patriots game was ugly. The Jaguars. The, the Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks great. 
he looks great. And this is what the Jaguars saw when they drafted him number one overall. He is playing like the number one overall pick, best prospect since Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning that we, that everyone thought he was going to be and that he didn't really show his first year. Again, he had Urban Meyer as his coach. So, I mean, he's clearly upgraded with Doug Peterson. And I think Doug Peterson is great for Trevor Lawrence. I love Doug Peterson. That's why he has taken such a big step. But the Jaguars, they they went down, I think, 17 points in the first half. Yeah. And clawed their way back into this game. And they walk it off on a pick six. I mean, it's not even Dak Prescott's fault. Went off his receiver's hands and they just scooped it. I mean, it's one of those one of those lucky plays. But the Jaguars are in the hunt for the AFC South because the Titans are on a huge slide. They can't win a game. Derrick Henry does everything for them. The poor guy is probably is going to have to Holy be in a hospital shit. for three months after Dude, the season. Trevor Lawrence threw for 318 yards over four TDs and one interception yesterday. I did not know Yeah, he had that many yards. Yeah. Holy He's playing shit. great, and the, the Jaguars are looking great. ETN looks amazing. Kirk, have, Kirk looks like a great signing, even though everyone was skeptical about that coming into the air. Yeah, Zay Jones was playing well. Even even Evan Ingram, everybody thought he was uh, he was supposed to be great for the Giants, and then he sucked. Goes to the Jaguars, and he's a competent tight end. He's a good receiving tight end. Last last week, I think he had over a hundred yards, two touchdowns. The Jaguars are definitely on the right the right path right now. And they're they're not. trending upwards, and they're doing it at a, at a perfect time. Three weeks left in the year. I mean, and this not is when you want your team yet. to be good. They're Maybe not they could, out of they, it. They could win the South. It, they could win the South if if the Titans, I think, go like one and two in their last three. And I know they have some tough games coming up. And the Jags probably would have to win out. But there's a scenario where they sneak in. I'm looking up the Titans' remaining schedule right now. They have the Texans on New Year's Eve, uh, excuse me, Christmas Eve. Uh, They're going to kill them. Cowboys right before the New Year and the Jags to close out the season. They play each other to close out the season. So that, do, yeah. that week 18 game is going to be That could be a, play, that be could be a playoff that, game, actually. That could, that, could tech, that could end up being the play-in game. Yeah. Who wins, who wins the division? Yeah. Game one sixty three. Wow, that's that's gonna. I, I I hope everything works out so that they are tied and that game really means something. Eagles get the win yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Jake, it it didn't look that easy. I mean, Jalen's unstoppable. Justin, uh, like I said, Justin Fields is a good quarterback. He's the reason they're going to stay in that game. Yeah, good what thing happened? you didn't take that as your pick. Yeah, I know. I know. I actually did bet it. Mine's eight and a half when it dropped. So. <laughs> no, I mean the I mean the Eagles. They they still look like a Super Dude, Bowl favorite. Many, I mean, they still look points? like nobody's going to touch them except maybe the Chiefs. How many fantasy points does Fields have? How much is he averaging a week? Because it's got to be got over a thousand rushing yards on I the know, season it's already. Ridiculous, dude. And he he only really started rushing. He's got to like be five. averaging twenty points a week. No, at, twenty-one, at least. At least twenty-one. Yeah. He's going to be a top three quarterback probably next year in drafts. He's going to go him. high in fantasy drafts now. Keeper? You keep? You think of keeping him? I think so. 
Wow. He, he's the best player on my team. He's the most consistent right now, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, the Eagles, they got a big game coming up next week against the Cowboys, and it looks like Jalen Hurts might not play. Jake, what do you I think? Know. I, I mean, the MRI came back fine. He's, he's doubtful, but all we need to do is win one game and the rest of the season, and we lock up the number one seed. Thanks to Doug Peterson this week. Yeah, so, thank you. I'm, I'm not worried. I mean, we drop a game to the Cowboys without our best player. It's not a big deal. It only looks like a sprained right shoulder. That's what the x-rays showed. Negative of any permanent sideline-able damage. And we have Gardner Minshew coming in as backup. Oh, that's the backup for the ER. So you guys are fine. That guy is awesome. That guy rocks. You can't not love Gardner Minshew. Especially after Mike Leach passed away. He might go off. Exactly. Beowulf. That's what his his name was going to be, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> that guy's crazy. I mean, if I if I was gonna have anyone back up my team, a guy named Beowulf, <laughs> I'd feel pretty fucking good about bad. where I stand. <laughs> uh Tom Brady is is done, right? Like he should he should probably just hang him up and say, you know, we had fun. While I think it it's I, I you know I think it's officially time for the conversation. This is the I, first time. In his career, that he's lost eight games in a single season. This is yeah. This Sunday was also the first time in his career he's ever blown a seventeen-point lead. It's sad, honestly, dude. It's sad. It's sad. It's not. It's not even just sad to watch Tom Brady. It's sad to watch the Bucks play football. They're bad. They are just bad, and I don't know why. You talk about like passing of the torch. I'm watching. We're recording this live during Monday Night Football, by the way. Um, Rogers is another guy that it, 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 it like pains me to watch the guy play football. Cause you like, you grow, you grow up watching Brady and Rogers and it's like, they can't do it anymore. I mean, I, here's the problem is they're, they're obviously old, but I still don't think they can't do it. I mean, I think Brady's in a tough situation where he's at right now. Their offensive line has obviously had its struggles, their injuries. I mean, they lost their entire offensive line from last year. So, when you're that old, I, I think you really got to trust your offensive line because you really don't want to get hit, and no. he can't move. So he has to trust his offensive line like nobody else on the team. And it's clear that he doesn't. He's very frustrated. And yesterday, that second half was hard to watch. It's pretty clear Brady doesn't want to take a hit, and why would you? You're, we're what, 44, 45 years old? 44, 45, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, why I wouldn't would want to take, take a hit, hit if I was that old either, exactly. And there's no reason to. I mean, and the sad part is, is they're probably still going to win the NFC South and sneak into the playoffs, probably play a bad team in the first round, probably beat them because it's Tom Brady. And then we're going to be having the conversation like, is Tom Brady good for another five years? It's been the same thing for well, years. He'll, and, he'll sneak into the playoffs. He'll probably win yeah. the he'll probably win the South, although – they pretty much need to – I think they played the Panthers one more time this season. I think if they beat the Panthers, they pretty much win. How funny How funny would it be if the Carolina Panthers got a playoff game? How funny would it be? Oh, my God. With Sam Darnold as their quarterback? Oh, my God. It would that be would hilarious. be so funny if Steve Wilkes got a, got, got a playoff game with that team. 
but honestly, it's it's not out of the question. I mean, but let's be honest. If if Tom Brady gets into the playoffs, he's probably making it deep. He's probably he's he's if Tom Brady gets in the playoffs, I'm sorry, he's winning a game. He's winning a game. Yeah, I don't. I don't care how bad the Bucks are. He's winning a game. It's Tom Brady in the playoffs. I'd, I'll I'll bet on him. I've learned the hard way betting against Brady. I promise you, I won't make that mistake again. <laughs> um, but yeah. So besides that, Lions big win against the Jets too. I mean, it, it, that all Jet these game games painful, were just painful, painful. All these games were just, but all these games were close. They were good games, man. Lions are a good team. They're a very good team. The Texans, I don't know what's going on with them, why they think they can just compete in games against really good teams now. That makes no sense. I saw this stat um, of total offense. Let's see. The Chiefs had about 500 yards yesterday to, to, to like a Texas team that, that ran, or a Houston team, excuse me, that had like 250 total yards. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a close game. I mean, but it it was never not good. the Chiefs were never losing that game. No, no, absolutely not. I'm sorry, it just was it was not happening. Yeah, so the playoff picture is it. We had a little bit of change this week. The Patriots are out. Chargers are in. And we'll see what happened with excuse and, me. We'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield tonight. It'll be interesting to see if he. Uh, can win another game. It's crazy he's played his two games on primetime as a Ram, but I guess this happens. Yeah, what happens when you play in LA? Hey, you know, this is the rest of this season is pretty much just an audition for next year for him. He's obviously probably not going to stay on the Rams, so he's I think looking maybe for he should go to, go to the, uh, the Jets. You want him on the Jets? I mean, I wanted I wanted him four years ago. Coming out of college, I really happen. thought he was going to be. I mean, he was for two, three years with the uh, Browns, but yeah, it's could be I mean, an organization. I think, he takes, I, I think he took a lot more hate than he needed to. Absolutely. I don't think he was as bad as a lot of people like to throw around. And he was a big part of the Browns not, you know, going 0-16 every year. Right. So we saw. We shall see what happens with that. We shall. Major League Baseball. Little rumblings. Andrew Benatendi, another Red Sox, former Red Sox, who is now flipped over to the dark side with the White Sox. Five years, seventy-five he has, mil. He has flipped his socks. What? What? What is the story behind that? Why is there a red and a white sock? Uh, couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. Did the Red Sox get, you know, mixed in the laundry? <laughs> I hate that you just said that. <laughs> oh, my God. I was thinking about whether I should say that or not. You were totally thinking about that for so long. Yeah, I was. I'm not going to lie. I thought of that the second you were like, we should talk about Ben Attendee today. Okay. White Sox. <laughs> Boom. But yeah, yeah, I think I mean, the uh, this this is weird because the the White Sox they were a very bad team last year, and now you're in that awkward stage where you lost Rodon, um, 
to the Giants two years ago. And you're still trying to build up with that core, that young core that you had. But I don't really know in the current division if it's, you know, if it's enough to actually win it right now. Because the, the yeah, Guardians I, look good. The Guardians, I mean, the Guardians do look good. They look like they're they're ready to do exactly what they did last year. And the White Sox are trying to make a move because I, I think they're very disappointed with their result last year. I mean, they their whole team was centered around, you know, having these guys like Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez, and then they had Jose Abreu, more, more of a veteran type of presence at first base. But it just didn't work out. I mean, they had a lot of injuries, didn't pitch well, and just didn't play well overall down the stretch. Right. And I think a, a major part of that really was um, their play in the outfield. Uh, they had they struggled in the outfield, especially defensively. They play a lot of big guys out there that just aren't outfielders. They play Eloy Jimenez out there, who I believe is first baseman. So I think it's good that they signed Benintendi. They needed a corner outfielder. They also fired Tony LaRusso. So thank God that happened because that guy didn't even look like he wanted to be on a baseball field last year, let alone in a White Sox jersey as the manager. So. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think. Um, oh, and they got Mike Clevenger too. So I think. I they think... did sign Mike Clevenger. Let's see what they get from him. I mean, he did absolutely nothing for San Diego. I did hear some rumblings that the White Sox are active in the trade market. Um. And it maybe might be involving Liam Hendricks. I have seen that too. I know you. I I have seen that too. And Liam Hendricks is someone who I think is interesting for the White Sox to shop because with the game growing these days, I think unless you're an elite elite team, a closer is really unnecessary to to an extent. For a team like the White Sox, having a dominant ninth inning guy like Liam Hendricks might feel important, but I I think they can get a lot more for him right. near the deadline for very young prospects who will come up and have young arms in their rotation and in their bullpen for the future. Yeah. I mean, you got you got good arms in that. In that clubhouse, you have Joe Kelly in there, Michael Kopech. But was he? Is he? Is he a starter now? Michael Kopech, yeah. Okay, because I know they were. I know didn't, didn't the Sox want to use him sparingly out of the uh, pen a little bit just because he pen, throws yeah. absolute gas. Yeah, I think the I think the, he's going to be in the rotation this year with uh, Clevenger, Lance Lynn, Giolito, uh, G- and Giolito, yeah. No. I mean, I look, think they, they have one more uh, young guy too. I think I'm looking at it now. I mean, look, they definitely have. Um, I think I think Dylan Cease is going to be the the back. Dylan end of Cease, that, yeah, that, yeah, that rotation, that rotation, yeah, absolutely. But look, I mean, like they have, they have I mean, Dylan Cease had a really good year, two two ERA. Um, but this this is a team that it's it's all about the the offense, like Grandal. It's like, what are you going to get out of him? Yeah. What, are you, what are you gonna get out of Yohan Moncada? Exactly. It's it's guys like that, Grundahl and Moncada, who the White Sox were really hoping they would get a lot of out of last year, and they just didn't. They didn't get any production 
out of their back half guys. So they had no one to really carry them. And, and I mean, their front guys didn't do too much either. I mean, Tim, Tim Anderson didn't have that great of a year last year. Mm. So they weren't just, they just weren't getting enough solid, consistent play to make a run. And I think adding Ben Intendi is going to give them that consistent bat. If he can repeat what he did last year for the Royals, he's going to be a great addition for the White Sox. And you already have Jimenez in that, in that, outfield who is an absolute stud if he can stay healthy exactly i mean he's he's had his injury problems but if he can stay healthy and I mean, he mashes the baseball so where so, does I mean, so, the, so where does this put where does this put ben because eloy was in left might, might, might move him to right i do think i think eloy is going to shift to right and i think they're going to slide in ben ben attendee and left ben attendee's just he's a left fielder he just he just is. I mean, he tried to play. He played a little right for Boston when he was there for a little bit, but mostly played left on that monster, and he did a terrific job there. Yeah. And he played left for the Royals. I think he's going to stay in left. They'll probably shift Jimenez to right. And the White Sox. I mean, if they, I mean, if they don't choke like they did last year, I think a lot of people are going to expect them to compete for the AL Central with the Guardians and with the Twins. Mm-hmm. Because the Twins, I think, are very interesting as well, because they did lose Correa, but we talked we talked about it last week, Chris, and you said that you think that the Twins are not going to skip a beat without Correa. I don't think the Twins are going to be as bad as people make them up to be. Um, I don't think they're going to be in contention to win the division, but they'll win over 70, 72, 73 games. They'll, they'll border 500 the entire they, year. They have gone out. They have gone out and made a couple moves. They signed Christian Vasquez. I do miss Christian Vasquez. I wish he was still a Red Sox. So, I mean, he's a very solid catcher. And then they did go out the, this weekend and sign Joey Gallo. And I think – I want to I get your uh, perspective on it, Chris, but I really think that this is a good place for Joey Gallo. I think it's enough out of the spotlight where he's not going to be uh, shaken by media. I think. I think. I mean, yep. look, it's if you give him an opportunity to, he could play throw it back to Ranger days back, and just uh, and hit forty home runs. Exactly. If you give him a ballpark that's huge like that, he's not only going to show off how sick of a defender he is. He's going to hit the shit out of the baseball, and it's going to be sick because watching those games and, in Minnesota in like beginning of April where it looks like it's 29 degrees and it's snow flurries and it's gray and it's just really hard nosed baseball and just seeing Joey Gallo just muster out a home run out there in left field in Minnesota. That's going to be sick. Yeah. I I think he's going to be really successful out there. And he is, I think one of the most underrated defenders in, in our game today because he's so known for hitting just monster home runs and striking out. That's what everybody knows Joey Gallo for. He strikes out, he hits home runs and he walks. That's, that's what he does. Right. But a lot of people don't talk about his glove. He's a great glove in the outfielder. Like he, he he's got gold glove level to talent some balls there. that you don't expect a guy of his size no. and stature to go no. out there and get to. And it's, I think he's going to be, um, Good addition from for the Twins 
after losing Correa, they needed a power bat and they got one. I think it's a great, great deal. I think he's probably going to go back to his Texas form and probably start hitting the shit out of baseballs again. Um, I think they, I, I think so. they have Honestly, a good future out so. there. I think the Twins legitimately have a decent foundation moving forward. Because you have a guy in Gallo who isn't old. You bring him in on a somewhat cheap deal for yeah. a guy of his talent. I think it's. I think it's a great. Deal. I think it makes complete sense for them. But at this rate, why not? You I lost out. You lost out on Correa. Big deal. I think, he didn't want to yeah. be there. The AL Central is going to be interesting this year because if the Guardians aren't careful, somebody might sneak up from behind them and take it away. It's probably going to be the White Sox. And and I think it, it very well could be the White Sox. Obviously, it's not going to be the Tigers or Royals. We know that. No, it's definitely it, not going to be. It easily could be the games. White Sox, and I can I can I can see the Twins get just getting hot. You never know. Um, before we move on to the to the Red Sox, because I know you don't want to talk about them, I just want to read a little little snippet off here. So here's Heim Bloom's resume over the last um, few months. Okay, here we. So before we get on to Red Sox talk, let's let's dive into Heim Bloom's impressive resume as a Red Sox general manager. Is he general manager? or Is he head of baseball ops? I never understand. I don't the understand it either. So we're just gonna. It's yeah. It's besides the point. <laughs> You're going to hate me after this anyway. Here we go. Traded Mookie Betts for Verdugo, Jeter, Jeter Downs, Downs, and Wong. Too. Keep going. <laughs> Didn't resign Kyle Schwarber, where in that year he led the National League with 46 home runs. Traded Ben Attendee for three prospects. Let Bogarts walk with nothing in return. And signed story to a six-year, $140 million contract with a 238 average, 16 home runs, and 66 RBIs in the first year of that contract. This is a tough start to the Hein Bloom era, and I don't think it's going to be um, a long-lived one in Boston, but maybe with the current state of the ownership, you never know what's going to happen with this team. So again, I came on today knowing that this was going to come up. I knew it was going to happen. I Oh, and sorry, sorry, sorry. We signed Justin Turner. Let's go. Okay. I knew I was going to have to address the things that are happening in Boston. I, along with probably about 98 to 99% of Red Sox fans, have absolutely no idea what the hell we are doing. Nobody knows what we're doing. I don't understand why we're making moves. Why Why did we sign, sign Yoshida if we're not trying to compete? Why would we let Bogarts walk? Why am I hearing that we want to shop Devers now? Why are we rebuilding when we had this core? If we're going to rebuild, why did we sign Story last year? There's too many questions, and Bloom has not answered one of them. All he says is that he still wants to compete and this team is going to compete. He promised. He took Kike Hernandez before he signed his extension into his office and he said, I promise you this team will be better next year. How are we better? 
Well, he's lost the fan base. He's lost the fan base. He's lost everyone. He's lost everyone. You'd only you'd have to imagine. You'd have to imagine what ownership is thinking right now. There has to be some bigger plan, and I don't know what that plan is. But I, I, you'd have to imagine something's going on behind. It's sad too because I I wish I knew who to blame. I don't know who to blame because I want to blame Heimblum. I really do, but. Deep down in my heart, I feel like it's John Henry being like, no, you can't spend this money. No, you can't. So we can't go out and get people. But then why did they sign Yoshida to, according to 10 execs in the MLB, double what he was worth? What's the point? So the Red Sox do not have a shortstop. We don't have a shortstop. It looks like we're going to have to start Trevor Story. You've been saying it for months, I know, and I've been denying it, but... It's looking like we're probably going to have to start Trevor Story at shortstop because Dansby went to the Cubs. We lost out on Dansby, lost out on Correa, let Bogarts walk, and made dumb acquisitions like Justin Turner, who's going to DH for us at 38 years old, when we let J.D. Martinez go to the Dodgers for $1 million less, and he's three years younger. There's there's no direction. There's nothing. uh... There's nothing. It's there's no direction right now in that organization. What model no. are we going? Like At we were supposed not. to be so, going. When he came in, everybody was saying Heim Bloom is going to bring is either going to bring the Red Sox down the shitter, or he's going to turn the Red Sox into the new the new Tampa Bay Rays. Even though that's not what we do in Boston, we're not the Tampa Bay Rays. But he's not even doing that. He's not doing what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. He's doing what nobody's doing, and he's just making his team worse and making everyone hate him. And this it's, bad. Is bad it's bad. It's this bad. This is a bad team. This is not really like th- there is dude. no more Boston Red Sox. This is, like this is not bought the Boston bad. Red Sox of old that we've grown to be like, yep, they're going to compete for the AL East. They're going to be bad this year. It's going to be terrible baseball. And the only piece that you can possibly resign is probably still Tommy Pham, right? I mean, from last year's team, and everyone else is gone. Avaldi. Osmer, Vasquez, Martinez. Avaldi is still available, and right. I think he might come back. Uh, I hope he does. I love Nate. I think he's even though he's injury prone, I mean, I'll never forget the the run he went on in 2021 and how well he pitched. So, um, I'd love to have Nate back, and we'll have him. Hopefully, I mean, I say it every single year, but hopefully, Chris Sale can stay healthy, and and you know, we might be able to squeak out, I don't know, 70, 75 wins if we're lucky. But it, this is going to be a bad team. We're going to struggle on offense, bad. We're going to be bottom five in home runs again. We, we there's no there's no power. They're getting nothing from Verdugo, so that Mookie Betts trade is nothing. Because they DFA Jeter Downs, Connor Wong is looking right. like he's going to be a below average MLB player, possibly a backup catcher for the rest of his life, and they there is no there is no universe where a Red Sox fan is happy right now. I'd be interested to see over the next year if Boston's um, attendance declines. I think it, for next I think year, it absolutely is going to. Historicals. Because, I mean, look, you guys are a prominent team in a good city, so you shouldn't have trouble p- getting people to the ballpark, but now... Who wants to go I watch mean, this team? I wouldn't pay to go <laughs> see this team play. 
I would I would not give the organization my money to go watch out to go watch a lineup that produces Christian Arroyo. Um, I'm trying to. Do you want to? All right, Wong. here we go. Wong's gonna be the catcher. Here we this go. Year. Ready? Are you ready? This is this. Wong's gonna be the catcher. Opening this year. day. We're gonna have Verdugo in left, Kike in center, Yoshida in right. Then we're gonna have yep. around the horn, Devers, Story, Arroyo, and Tristan Casas. Tristan, yeah, Tristan yeah. at first, and then Maguire yeah. behind the plate, and and then our opening day starter is his up for grabs. I, it might be me. I don't know. Is I don't, is Sale, is Sale gonna be you? back? Could I don't know. Are we gonna re-sign Avaldi? Could be Jacoby Myers. We have no idea who it's going to be yet. Fuck up. But we're in a we're in a bad we're in a but the Red Sox are in definitely a, an interesting spot. Forget interesting. We're in a bad spot. We are being laughed out by the entire. It's not MLB. like the farm system is setting no, the world on fire. I, I mean, our top prospect Tristan Casas is going to start on opening day first base. We'll see what we get from him. I I love him. I think he's a great prospect and. I think first basemen are tough to come by nowadays. A really solid first baseman. He's uh, about average defensively. He's gonna he's gonna hit at a good clip and hopefully hit thirty home runs. But there's not enough prospects coming up right now that get me that excited. What does it? What does make me you know a little less uneasy is that because we were so bad last year and so injury prone, so many young prospects had to start in the rotation. So I think that's going to be good this year. I expect Brian Bayo to make a huge jump this year. He's a top five prospect in the Red Sox system. Pitched a little bit last year. Didn't really pitch very well, but he's great in AAA. And I think he's really going to make a huge jump this year to be like a solid fourth 3-4 in the Red Sox rotation, which is probably going to struggle and probably going to be very injury right. prone. It's all, it, it all depends on if Sale Absolutely. is healthy or not. Because if Sale's healthy, we have an ace. If Sale is healthy, we have a legitimate ace. When, when, when you have, and when you comfortably have an ace on a team, it relieves so I much think, pressure. You know, your team, your, your team will, your, your team will exactly. go as far as he'll take you. So it'll it was, be interesting for sure. Where would you rank your top five? What would you rank your top five rotations? My right top now? five rotations right today. now. In no In particular no order, order, I think it no has order. to be Mets, Yanks. Mets, Yanks, Braves. I would say Dodgers, Phillies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Astros are out of the question. You know, I I don't think they're so much out of the question as um people might think because they lost Verlander. I obviously they lost they lost a top three pitcher in baseball. There's no question about that, but. They don't have names, but they have great pitchers. Like mm-hmm. Framber, I think Framber is going to step up and become that ace for them this year. And I think everyone's just going to move up one slot and they're not going to skip a beat. Um, but I understand your hesitation to put them in top five. So I get that. Could be Padres. Could the be Padres. Padres could sneak, sneak in, there. in there. I think the Rays Maybe? could sneak in there. I still think, see, like, there's something there's something inside of me that's saying that even though the Padres are just such a dominant oh, oh. team when they're all on, I still in a 162 game season would rather have Atlanta Phillies or the Mets rotation over I agree. 
I agree 100%. I San agree 100%. Diego. We're also forgetting about a, a huge one, Seattle. Castillo, Ray, I was say Seattle, Kirby, but I don't and think, Gilbert. I know. I'm not a big fan of Robbie. You know, Ray. me neither, especially after the Cy Young year. But you can't deny what Kirby and Gilbert are doing, and Castillo is a is a bona fide beast. He is. He is. That was probably one of the better trades. Yeah, that I mean, I, I, I would made. probably I would give number argue. one if I had to go in order to the Mets right now. Um, but there's there's a lot of teams that are close. And I think the Mets are the Mets's only problem right now is that their rotation is so old. Right. You know what the Robbie Ray Cy Young season reminds me of? It reminds me of the um, Rick Porcello. Yeah, Cy I know Young what year. you. I know what you mean. Rick Porcello won the Cy Young that year because he. It's just he a very random Cy Young, or twenty-five games, whatever he won. Right. I mean, you know, you know, he's a very similar pitcher like that. It's like Colin yes. McHugh. Who had that mm-hmm. crazy year for the Astros. And then like fell off the face of the, like Porcello. I mean, that up now. Porcello was good for the, for the Tigers when he was there with Verlander and Scherzer. But that one year, he just, he just went ballistic. Yeah, Colin McHugh was a 19-game winner in 2015 for the Astros. Yeah. That Astro team is just – I don't understand what it is about them, but they can develop the shit out of talent. Yeah, Rick Porcello. They might be They might be the best organization in baseball, and I know that's going to be a hot Rick take. Rick Porcello – Who's better at developing talent? In 2016 talent than, when yeah. he won the Cy Young. He, had, he went 22-4. and four. He had an ERA of 315. He threw three complete games, 223 innings. How many Ks? Uh, 189 strikeouts. So, I mean, yeah, he, he played he played well, but a lot of people would like to argue that he should have won the Cy Young that year. You can make the argument for sure. You can make the argument for DeGrom to win the Cy Young in 2020. Agreed. One bad start against Philadelphia is what really ruined that for him. You can make an argument that DeGrom should have won four Cy Youngs in a row. Let's but not, I won't. Let's not, let's not do that. I won't talk about the – um, not let's, not, let's not go down that alley. Um, some big news today. Kershaw, yeah, World Baseball yeah. Classic. I, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, that's awesome. I, man, let's I'm go. I'm excited for the World Baseball Classic this year. I really am. Uh so the am US I. is I'm fired up. They got a good team, but that Dominican team, dude, is just unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Dude, it has the potential to be actually probably one of the better teams that the World Baseball Classic has seen. Probably besides that that US team that yeah. won it in 2016. 2018. Um here's the here's the projected roster. Gary Sanchez behind the plate, Vladdy at first, Jose Ramirez at second, Wander Franco at short, Manny Machado at third, Starling Marte in left, Julio in center, Juan Soto in right, and Rafael Devers in the age. 
with rounding out a rotation of Alcantara, Valdez, Castillo, and Javier. That probably... That team will probably beat the U.S. Uh, I, I easily. think it's, it's. I want them to, to beat. But I, honestly, as long as the as as the, as the U.K. doesn't make it past the the group stage, oh, yeah. we're fine. Oh yeah, In the pool stage. And I mean, here's everyone. Mark your calendars because we are going to go out all out for that. I mean, here's what we UK, got for the U.S. US team. Ramuto is going to start behind the plate. Then they got. Alonzo or Goldschmidt at first. Story right now is the only second baseman who has committed. Uh, Trey Turner at short or Arenado at third. Their outfield is going to be Trout, Betts, and probably Kyle Tucker. Uh, Their DH is most likely going to be Kyle Schwarber or Paul Goldschmidt. And then... Their starting rotation of – this is where we're going to struggle right now is their starting rotation is Kershaw, who's old, Wainwright, who's old, and then they have Nestor, Kyle Freeland, Brady Singer, and Merrill Kelly. I'm, I'm so excited to see Brady Singer pitch in this. I think he's legitimately like – besides, um, besides some of the other pieces that the Royals have, Coming up, I think he's legitimately probably the most exciting thing that the or- oh, Royals fans have. Oh, right absolutely. He's now. the most exciting thing Royals fans have, but that's not saying too much. Besides Bobby Witt Jr., like this yes. is, this is, this is like Royals fans should be very excited about this guy. I think he has the talent to be a top 10 pitcher. In the uh, I would agree. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a stud in college. Was drafted in the second round out of high school, which a lot of people thought he probably should have went into the majors, um, and comes back three years later. Has a balls out in the College World Series, gets drafted in the first round um, by the Royals, and now is just a homegrown guy who, in three years of baseball, is already pumping out a six war, nearly yeah. a six war in one I season. Mean, he's a that's awesome. He's a poor guy stuck on a bad team. Right, but that team's making that team's making moves, and they're they're going to be a very bad team this year. But give it a give it a give that's it just how it five years. And yeah, you get the Royals I mean, might have to develop. To that's how it works in baseball. You can't just draft and immediately be good. You have to develop your players, and that's what makes that's what makes this game so much fun. Honestly, is because you can't one draft can't change your team. One guy can't win you games. You need to develop your entire team in order to go out there and win a world series and, and compete in the toughest league in the world. And if you don't develop players, you are going to struggle. It's just, it's that's flat out the point. That's just how the MLB works. I think the, I think the, World Baseball Classic. Does it does it allow minor uh, leaguers so. to play? I think so. Right? It, would, yeah, it wouldn't I, make sense if they didn't let him play. Um, Leiter should Leiter should get some with action. Jack Leiter being on this team. I just think he's. I just don't see why it would be. Do you even know how it not? works? Like, do they have to get asked to play, or they, are you just like, do you just like email them and like, yo, yo, can I play? It's definitely an ass. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely, it's an definitely ask. an ass. You think? Yeah, I guess it's definitely an ask. They really ask. 
But I think that, I think that'd be so cool. For the US is, I thought or what if they had like the top? The US. I forget the. I forget the. Um, I know. Um, what's his name? Freddie Freeman is playing for oh, is Team Canada. I mean, yeah, we definitely which have is, which is the weird. second best team out. But there, I guess, but I guess he like. I don't really see people coming close to the Dominican team. I think, I think it's going to be a, a really fun tournament. I think I think the Dominican Republic has a really good team. Puerto Rico has a good team as well. I think it's just going to come down to the pitching. Yeah. As it always does. And I think that's why I think the U.S. should really try to get a lot more pitchers in. I mean, imagine if we had a rotation of DeGrom, Scherzer, Verlander. I mean, I know some of these guys don't want to do it because of the risk of injury, but it would be cool to see more of the game stars participate. I wish. I mean, it's it's kind of the same the same thing when we weren't sending our best players to for basketball either for the Olympics and world cup and stuff like that. It's you want to see your best players go out there and actually compete. And you want to see the actual, actual best players from each country go out there and compete. You don't want to see the best of who wanted to come. Like you want to see Mike Trout you want to see Mookie Bet. I mean, they're on there, but you want to see for the rotation. You want to see DeGrom. You want to see Scherzer. You want to see Verlander. You want to see all those guys. And it's, I mean, right. some people call it unfair because not everybody who is the best does go and play in a lot of these world classics. But it, it's a really fun time. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite tournaments. I think the World Baseball Classic is great because baseball is such a it's such a world game it's not just an american game and a lot of the mlb is made up of not just american players so it's cool to see everybody go and play for their home country yeah it's our version of the world cup that's what makes it fun and especially just because we saw the world cup and we saw how passionate fans are about their respective countries team um, uh-huh. It just makes it awesome, and having everyone come together on one stage is 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 the coolest thing ever. Um, segueing back to free agency, we completely forgot to talk about the Cubs, who are they spending. Are. Um, Tyone, I'm, I probably butchered that last name. I've always had trouble with that. Four years. Um, Bellinger, which we talked about a little bit last time, um, I think is a great signing for the Cubs, and now. Dansby Swanson comes in on a 7-177 deal. The Braves l- let another guy walk who is potentially a franchise guy. Freddie Freeman goes two years ago to the Dodgers. Dansby now in the NL Central. It's really interesting to see the way ownership in there, you know, treats it as a business, which, you know, I guess as a fan, there's two sides to that coin. But it's going to be really interesting to see what the Cubs do moving forward because I've heard some rumblings on Twitter that they are not done yet. So, you know, maybe Chicago Cubs are trying to make themselves a player in the NL Central. Maybe not necessarily this year, but, you know, don't, don't, yeah, don't count them I, out I yet. do think that the Cubs are really trying to make a move here. They've been clear that they want to spend money by going out and signing Bellinger to the one-year contract. Um, I'm not a big fan of Dansby going to the Cubs, I'll be honest. Uh, I was actually really hoping he would stay in Atlanta because I just was a big fan of that core. Clearly, Atlanta, the, you know, their model of 
extending guys when they're young before they hit arbitration has worked out for them so far with Acuna and uh, Albies and you know they they locked down Olsen for a while right um and they let Dansby walk and I think a lot of people saw it coming because there's only so much money that the Atlanta Braves had and they they already had put up so much of that money to a lot of their younger guys so they let Dansby go and Dansby's still a young shortstop and he proved last year that he has improved his bat and he has improved his glove. He's a very solid shortstop and the Cubs, I mean, the Cubs just got a stud and with him and Bellinger, those are two good ads for them. They could make somewhat of a run in the NL central. I think they absolutely could. I think, and I don't, and like I said earlier, they're not done. I think maybe, what could be a good signing for them to really round out that outfit? Yeah, is I, I couldn't agree more. Actually, if they if they really want to go for it, go for it and and go sign Conforto and see what you can shake shake things up for a year. They'll have Conforto for a year because he doesn't want more than a year. Bellinger didn't really want more than a year, so why not go for it this year and just be like, maybe we'll squeak in, and then once you squeak Conforto in, will be a Yankee. I promise see, you. Conforto's I don't see why the Yankees. Dude. Why do you need to sign Conforto? What's What's the point? He was built what's for that stadium. What's the point of signing Conforto? You got you have Bader in center, sorry, you got Judge in right, and then you have one of the young guys play left, Cabrera or Peraza. I, I think he would be a good left fielder for the Yankees, and he'll be cheap on a one year deal. Have him prove himself. Have a you know bet on himself this year, like Judge. I'm not last doubting year. that they're not going. Um, this could be a one. This could be, I mean, look, for the Yankees, this is a perfect one-year rental, let's-go-do-it opportunity. Yeah, I I, th- I think he, I do think he has that opportunity with a lot of teams. I, I, It does make sense for the Yankees to go and do it because they're the Yankees and they can. Um, right. But I think he... What made a lot of sense was Benatendi. Um, obviously, now that is out of the equation pivot to somebody like a Conforto. Yeah. I, I, but like I mentioned earlier, I think a Chicago makes a lot more of a sense. I would much like rather him. see him in Chicago than in New York. I think I just see him in National League Baseball too. You know how you can just kind of like you see certain players in like a National League and American League kind of like, like it, it would be weird to see Judge. In yeah, a, in it would have been uniform. weird to see Judge in a Giants uniform. It would be weird to see Harper in the yeah. American League. So, you know, you have those those guys. Um, wrap, wrapping up quickly on uh, free agency, Michael Brantley back to the Astros. Did we talk no, about we that? No, we did not. Episode? That just happened, uh, I think, this Sunday or Saturday. You know, I mean, it's a good good for the Astros. They, they uh, stay strong in that outfield, and, I mean, the – Nobody doesn't see them competing next year. They're still going to compete. They're still the team to beat, the reigning champions. So bringing Brantley back is something they kind of had to do. Austin Hedges goes to the Pirates on a one-year $5 million deal, which is uh, congrats to Pittsburgh on making your fifth highest uh, free agent signing in franchise history. Uh, Seth Lugo goes out to San Diego this afternoon, and, man, was that uh, – 
that a gut punch to our bullpen. Lugo's a guy who is just he's 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 inconsistent, but when he's good, he's good. Um, and I think San Diego will probably use him as a. That's as a what starter, they're looking to do, um, yeah. Which good good for him. He, I, yeah, he he he. You could tell he he prefers to be a starter, and you know the Mets are only using him for a spot starter for the last two three seasons. Um, when you know he really came through the through the ranks as a uh, starter, so good for him to go out and get a deal to pitch in San Diego as a starter, which will be. Um, a good team out there this year, obviously competing in a very competitive division. Um, but you have to like them in a wild card spot as like a lock moving into the season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was, I couldn't have said, said it better myself. There was a couple more moves. Uh, JD Martinez. We talked about that. He went to the Dodgers. Hopefully the Dodgers can squeeze whatever powers left out of him uh and jason hayward too another guy who could squeeze some yeah, power out of him yeah exactly uh just like these are subtle moves by like the dodgers that well i feel like just come to bite everybody in the ass like jd martinez is the kind of player who right. struggled last year in boston and i could see him going out to la and just you know revamping his career for another year I totally agree, and if we can if we can talk about uh, one more, and then we'll we'll get into some picks, uh, roulette spin, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, Adam Frazier to the Orioles to the Orioles. Adam yeah, Frazier, I, I missed out on that. That that's I, I actually like that signing a lot by Baltimore. You know, Baltimore is interesting because they do have a lot of guys who are utility guys, and Adam Frazier just adds to that. They already have Jorge Mateo, who is I feel like the ultimate utility they use him at short third they could play all over the place to play in the outfield and adam frazier is another one of those guys middle infields he could play a little short for them if they need him to they could play a lot of second he's definitely struggled when he went to seattle last year um he was non-existent yeah. for them but this is a guy who had good seasons as a pirate Got traded to the Padres when they were trying to make a playoff push. Ultimately ended up on the Mariners the next year. And he's looking for a place to revamp his career. And a place like Baltimore might be very good for him. I mean, he was good in those that low marker, market in Pittsburgh. Why not do it again in Baltimore? And yeah. Baltimore is on the come up. They're, they're going to be a in the talks for a wild card spot next year. So... He's going to be a big part of that, I think. Yeah, the Orioles have some good pieces. Cedric Mullins is uh, he is he he is very well with Adley Rushman and um, yeah, honestly, those two could be pretty much yeah. the faces of the franchise. So it's, it's it's an exciting time to be an Oriole fan. I think that they have some really good talent uh, coming up, and. Um, it is. Yeah. Just keep 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 the faith, Orioles fans. This 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 could be a good year yep. for you guys. All right. Well, that's that's picks. yeah. Picks. Do we want to get? Let's some get picks? into some picks. That's where that that's gonna do it. For free agency. So we got our picks for Tuesday, December twentieth. This is, would anybody care to start? Go for I'll it. I'll start it off. Yeah. Uh. The Providence Friars host the Marquette Golden Eagles 
in a classic Big East matchup. Marquette Golden Eagles are ranked 24th in the country. Both teams stand at nine and three right now. The Friars are plus one at home at the Amica Mutual Pavilion, formerly known as the Dunkin' Donuts Center. It was better as Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I love the Friars in this. I love the Friars in this matchup. I'm taking them plus one. Uh, First Big East matchup at home. The place is going to be rowdy. Um, You can't bet against the Friars in a matchup like this, so I'm taking Providence plus one. I like it. Jake? Every time I've rode Providence with Dawes, I've lost, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil your bet and I'm, all, I'm not gonna bet on it. Good man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Rangers have won seven straight. They're playing the Penguins tomorrow night. They're underdogs, plus one twenty. The New York Rangers lock it in. Eight straight. The New York Rangers. Love it. I Kind of love it. The Rangers are hot. They're hot right now. Seven straight. It's kind of fun. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. You start to the year. They're fun. The, All right. The For me, I'm going to college basketball. Big matchup tomorrow night in the ACC. 830 Virginia, Miami. I like Miami in this one, plus two. Virginia dropped four spots this week in the AP poll, and I think they're dropping. I like Miami. I like the Hurricanes this week, plus two. Roulette. Roulette time. Roulette time. Roulette time. It is time time for roulette. If anybody doesn't know what we're doing, if you missed the last episode, again, at the end of every episode, this is what we're going to do. A spin of roulette with a random number. We have yet to get it after two tries, but eventually we're going to get it. Today's random number is 12. 12. That's actually my lucky number. So, And we had had a little little crazy... uh, Occurrence happened last time. Twenty-seven. Yes, that did happen last time. And if it happens again, I might lose it. So here we go. Here we go. We're bringing up roulette. We are bringing it up. We are bringing up roulette. And here we go. What was the number again? Twelve? Twelve. Okay. Twelve. Twelve. Here we go. Here comes the spin. $3 on number 12, and we're spinning, and we're spinning, and we're spinning, and we're spinning, and we're spinning. 17. Balls 17. 17. Oh. You, you got to hate to see it. So we are 0 and 3. We're but three, it's but eventually going to happen. Know. It's going to happen. We're, we're it's going to happen. Every time. We are due. We are due. We're so due. We're so due. So that's going to do it for t- Yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. That wraps up today's episode. Uh, <laughs> the Packers right now are 10 to 3, about to go into half. I think Aaron Jones is hurt. Um, so that'll be an interesting storyline for those who have him in fantasy tonight. Uh, 
first week of playoffs, so I'm sure you're not the happiest people uh, tonight. But uh, we'll see what happens later on in the week. Yep, we'll see you guys on Friday. We'll be back yes, on, on Friday. Friday. See you guys. Love you guys. <laughs>